Hi, this is Bill Woods in Sun Valley, Arizona. I guess if I was like the uh, old program, Death Valley days, the guy came on and said, Hi, this is the old ranger from Death Valley Tales. Well, this is the old preacher from Sun Valley, Arizona. And I want to bring to you a day, today a sermon that uh, actually I heard somebody else preach this about 25 years ago. I made some notes and I thought he did such a good job that I ran it through my filter and I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Lot's wife. Actually I've entitled this A Woman Seduced by the Good Life. Reading to you from Genesis chapter 19 verses 12 through 26. Meanwhile the angels questioned Lot, do you have any other relatives here in the city? They asked. Get them out of this place, your sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone else for we are about to destroy uh, the city completely. The outcry against this place is so great it has reached the Lord and he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's fiancés, quick, get out of the city. The Lord is about to destroy it. But the young men thought he was only joking. At dawn the next morning the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot, take your wife and your two daughters who are here Get out right now or you'll be swept away in the destruction of the city. When Lot still hesitated, the angel seized his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city, for the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, Run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you'll be swept away. Oh no, my lord. Lot begged, you've been so gracious to me and saved my life and you've shown such great kindness, but I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster would catch up to me there and I would soon die. See, there is a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said, I'll grant your request. I will not destroy the little village, but hurry. Escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. This explains why that village was known as Zoar, which means little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them, along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him, and she tur turned into a pillar of salt. Her role in history is summed up by 19 Old Testament words. But Lot's wife looked back, and she was following behind him, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Just 19 words in this translation. In the original King James, there's only 12 words, one sentence, a whole life summed up. In the New Testament, Jesus summed her up too. It's one of the shortest verses in the Bible. In Luke chapter 17, verse 32, in the King James Version, remember Lot's wife. Just three words. Why should we remember Lot's wife? Why not Sarah or Esther or Deborah? Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. What did Jesus want us to remember about her? What kind of lady was she? We, we don't even know her name, just Lot's wife. Most women don't want to be known as just a wife. They'd rather be known as themselves, not just a tag-along or, 
or as Tonto was to the Lone Ranger. For years, Marty didn't like going to my home church in Walla Walla, Washington, First Church of the Nazarene, because she was constantly asked, aren't you Billy's wife? I grew up there, and so they called me Billy, but uh, I don't want anybody else to do that. We're seeing the disappearance of Mrs. and, and the better half and all these things. Women, women prefer being a whole person, not just half a couple. I don't know how Lot's wife felt about this. I'd feel better if we knew her name. Then we could say, remember Edith, or remember Beulah, or remember Hannah. Instead, all we know is Lot's wife. But maybe that's exactly what she was, a wife. She might have been one of those rare but much needed women whose only goal in life is to be a wife and mother. I think that's one of the most noble obligation, occupations in the world. Society is making it sound second rate, but with God, it's still first rate all the way. If that was her goal, she failed at both. She was a poor wife and a worse mother. How did her life turn out so badly? Well, I don't think she intended to fail. It wasn't her ambition to destroy her family and leave such a bad example for us to remember 4,000 years later. I'm sure she must have wanted to do better. Like most wives, she probably started out with uh, a lot of hopes and, and stuff to be successful. She probably wanted to make something out of her husband, Lot, who was so overshadowed by Uncle Abraham. She probably saw potential in him and hoped uh, he to help him succeed. What about her daughters? Most moms want the best for their daughters. She wants to provide them opportunities. They never had to make something of themselves. She wanted her daughters to succeed. I remember when Marty uh, had our baby girls, Tammy and Kimberly. I remember the time, especially with Tammy, it, it hit her that she now was responsible for this precious little life. And she laid there in the hospital bed holding that precious little girl and said, Dear Lord, help me to be able to have the wisdom that I need to raise this daughter the way you want me to, remembering that she's going to spend eternity somewhere. And, and what a, a revelation it was, the responsibility she had as a mother. Same thing happened again when Kimberly was born, and she dedicated both her girls to, to Jesus Christ and pledged that she was going to do all she could to lead them the right direction. Well, I'm pretty sure life, Lot's wife must have hoped for these things, you know, but she failed as a wife and as a mother. She's only remembered as a failure. Jesus even reminded us to remember her failure. How did this happen? What ruined her example? I think it was a simple family decision, and what an important decision it was. Sometimes we don't realize how important our decisions are. Was it which God to serve? Which doctrine to believe? Some great theological issue? What was the important decision that destroyed her witness? <clears throat> it was a decision about where to live. A simple family decision, but oh, so very important. We all make them. Should we live in the country or in the city? Should we live in an apartment or buy a house? Should we buy a house, rent a house, or build our own? Should we get a fixer-upper or build a new one? Should we move near our work or stay here? Maybe we should just stay here and add on to this house. 
decisions, 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 family decisions, ordinary decisions. But where did Mr. and Mrs. Lot go wrong? Was it that they made a simple family decision wrongly? They ignored the massive moral consequences involved in a simple decision about where to live. Sodom was a very wicked city. How did Lot and his wife make this decision, do you suppose? Do you think that maybe they prayed about it? How did Lot's wife decide where they wanted to live? Or how did the Lot's, excuse me, decide where they wanted to live? Did Lot even ask his wife? If he did, we don't know what she said, but her later actions hint at what she might have said. Maybe they took some papyrus and, and jotted down the pros and the cons. Did they consider the educational angle? I mean, the thriving big city of Sodom must have offered a number of educational advantages for their daughters. Uh, chalk up one for Sodom. After all, what kind of education could their girls get wandering around the academically deprived mountains or desert chasing sheep and goats? Did they consider the material things? They were already rich. That was the reason Lot and Abraham split up. If you remember, both were too rich for the one area to support them. But besides rich, there's richer. What good is all the wealth in the wilderness? I mean, you know, what, what are you going to do with it out there in, in the Thule's? The value of wealth is in spending and consuming. They could invest the wealth they, they earned as shepherds using the leverage it gave them and make them some really big bucks in Sodom. Even more important, in Sodom there were beautiful houses, not just drafty, dusty tents. There were shops, supplies, silks, entertainment, dining out. You know, today you would say, well, there were probably shopping malls and places for them to go. To them, Sodom was clearly the best choice materially. Make that two votes for Sodom. Maybe they considered a job advancement. How can you climb up the ladder in the wilderness? In Sodom, Lot could rise up in the world and really make something of himself. Maybe he'd be a civic leader, perhaps even get elected to the town council. Her wandering husband, Abraham's tunnel, might finally become the leading citizen in such a city and be recognized for his own merit, not just Abraham's. Now, wouldn't that be a good witness for God? Think of the opportunities that he had had. No matter how you cut it, Sodom made good sense materially. One more vote for Sodom. Or maybe they thought about the move socially. The isolated mountains were very lonely. Perhaps Lot's wife was getting cabin fever, at least tent fever. She longed for social companionship, just to be with other women, to go to potlucks or a class party or have neighbors over for coffee, all the things you don't do out in the wilderness. Was she tired of the boring sameness of her life? There was the same old lot. He's nice, but he's boring at times, always repeating the same old worn-out jokes. Some two daughters, or same, same with their two daughters, some hired hands, and same with old smelly sheep, same goat, same tent, same, same, same. Cooped up, lonesome, lonely, what a drag. In Sodom, there, there'd be people, new people, exciting people. 
lots of people, hustle, bustle, busy people. There would be nightlife, things to do. There'd be other women to visit, women to talk to at the market and at the well. Maybe a woman's sewing group to join. Get in on the latest juicy gossip. Besides all this, there were her daughter's social lives to think about. They'd soon be old enough to get married. And what prospects were there out in the wilderness? What kind of mother would hide two beautiful daughters in the mountains with no fine men around except hired hands? Score, Sodom 4, Wilderness 0. Who knows what other angles they considered to make this decision. We don't know if they thought about these things, but if they did, you can see why they pitched their tent towards Sodom. I'm sure there was a, also greed involved when when Abraham told Lot to pick the part you want and he saw how rich and green and well watered it was and he decided that he would pick that part that was so lush and green and Abraham would take the other section of land. They moved into a pleasant modern house inside Sodom, I mean modern for that day, and finally wound up becoming Sodom's leading citizens. So what was wrong with their decisions? Aren't educational and material things important? Is it that God doesn't want us to prosper? No, that's not it. But God wants to be first in our lives. Well, what's wrong with thinking about career advancement or social life in making a family move? Nothing. It's what Lot and his wife left out in their decision-making process, the spiritual values. To people looking on, it seemed like Lot and his wife made a sensible choice. A practical family decision with grave moral consequences. They just failed to consider the spiritual impacts of their choice. What good is a fine education for your daughters if they wind up sexually seducing your husband and their dad? What good is material advance, advancement if all it all gets destroyed by fire anyway? What good is a varied and exciting social life if your daughters are engaged to godless men? What good is climbing the career ladder if it leads to spiritual coolness and compromise? These are the things Lot's, the Lot's failed to weigh carefully. So Lot's wife was seduced by the good life. What she didn't consider was how powerful the attraction of the good life would affect her. She thought the good life would satisfy something, some longing inside of her. She wanted it to meet her inner cravings, to fill a deep hunger in her life, to have, to hold, to live well, to be comfortable, to be secure. Was this really too much to ask? So Lot's wife moved to Sodom and gradually, almost without notice, Sodom took a firm grip on her. Her mind became secularized. Her values became even more materialistic. When God sent two angels to warn them that he was about to destroy Sodom, she wouldn't believe it. She couldn't leave all this. She didn't control uh, her stuff. Her stuff controlled her. The angels had to take them by the hand and force them out of the city. She was safe now, at least for the moment. A woman forcefully dragged away from everything she owned and loved and Everything she'd worked for all these years, her house, her garden, her flowers, her backyard, her friends, stature in the community, furniture, dishes, fine clothing, everything she loved and held dear she had to leave behind. 
it was all going to go up in smoke. One of the angels warned her to flee for your lives. Don't look back. It was useless warning Lot's wife. Her fear of God was gone. She, like so many today, she loved the good life more than the godly life. Her heart now belonged to Sodom. Don't look back, the angel said. But her heart was behind her. What will she do? She looked back and she was frozen into a pillar of salt. 2,000 years later, Jesus would say, remember Lot's wife. He was reminding us that a simple family decision can have grave moral consequences, and that when you move into Sodom, Sodom has a way of moving into you. Mark chapter 8, verse 36, and what do you benefit or profit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Well, there it is. It's so easy to be sucked in by material things that will pass away and, and uh, forget the most important things that are going to last for eternity. Nothing is more important than having a right relationship with God. This involves repenting of your sins, confessing your sins to Christ, asking for his forgiveness, living a life led by God's Holy Spirit, seeking God's will above all else, letting Jesus Christ become your Savior. Matthew 6, 33 and 34, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I know that it's so easy today to get so involved in things that take our attention away from Jesus Christ. But let me warn you, we don't want to be like the man that built his house upon the sand. We want to build upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior today, I would encourage you to take that step. We see things coming around in our society today that warns us that Jesus Christ will soon come back. Accept him as your personal Savior now.